0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hello and welcome to Little Gold Men, the award season podcast from Vanity Fair. I am
1: delighted and proud to introduce him as Academy Award winner. And the Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to the winner. It's a tie. And any little girl who's who's practicing their speech on the telly, you never know. Mom, I just want an Oscar.
0: I am Katie Rich and I'm here for today's interview episode with Rebecca Ford. Hi Katie. Uh, so we have another interview to share today with an actor recorded right before the SAG-AFTRA strike began, uh, the day of the Emmy nominations, because not only is Cheryl Lee Ralph a Emmy nominee once again for her role in Abbott Elementary, but she's been on the SAG negotiating committee. So she was really having an interesting uh, series of emotions on the Emmy nominations announcement day, I'm imagining.
2: Yeah, I think you could really hear it even in her voice. Obviously, we did it over video so I could see her. But you could tell she was just kind of juggling a lot in her mind. I mean, I think it's such a special honor for her to be recognized after such an incredible career to finally sort of get this recognition she always deserved. But, you know, at the same time, she was pulling off her headphones because she had just been in a negotiating call (laughs) on the day of the Emmy nomination. So it seemed very surreal for her, for sure.
0: Yeah. And like we've already published some of her thoughts on the SAG negotiations. You know, she she won the Emmy last year for Abbott Elementary and really an incredible moment. Um, so it's not like this is old hat for her, but um, she was pretty fired up like as so many people were as the strike was about to begin.
2: Yeah, she had a lot, to, you know, she couldn't say what happened in the room. But I think it's really interesting to hear from her now that we are officially in the strike, because on that day, it was, um, you know, 24 hours before the strike was going to be announced. So I mean, she probably knew it was going to happen, you know, but for me, uh, there was still a little bit of questions of will this really happen. And so to hear her talk about the reasons that she feel it's it's so important, you know, especially AI was something that really weighs heavily on her. Um, I think it's, it gives a really interesting perspective. Well, did you guys get a chance to talk about Abbott as well in in Sunnier News? (laughs) (laughs) Of course. I think um, what's really funny is there was this viral clip of her character, like, mixing up black and white celebrities from this season. <laughs> and, and it was really inspired by something she did where she thought Darren Star was a black uh, actor or black creator. And um, so I kind of asked her how else they've pulled from, you know, the real Cheryl Lee Ralph and the character and, and how she sort of helped uh, develop this character as, as season two went on. So she had a lot to say about the show, which she clearly um, loves and cares deeply about as well.
0: Well, I'm sure she, like, we hope that they get to film season three soon and this can get resolved and we can get more of it. Um, But for now, we have this conversation. So let's hear your conversation with Cheryl Lee Ralph.
2: Well, I'm joined by Abbott Elementary's Cheryl Lee Ralph on a very special and strange and surreal day, I think. (laughs) I don't know how else to describe it. Um, She landed her second nomination for Abbott Elementary. She won the uh, trophy last year. And it's also perhaps the uh, eve of an actor strike. So I, 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 how are you feeling, Cheryl? How are you feeling in this
1: moment? I have to tell you, I'm so happy that we're talking now because up until just about an hour ago, I was just a weeping ball of emotion. You know, my, my kids were calling and talking to me and I was underneath the covers crying and I said, I do not know why I am underneath the covers crying with my eyeglasses on. I said, this is just, this is a mess. I am a mess, but now I'm just feeling so, I continue to use this word and I have to say grateful,
2: Hmm.
1: thankful, happy, joyful for my journey that it could see me at this place with my second consecutive Emmy nomination after a 40-year career that I've been able to come to and enjoy a time like this. Yeah.
2: And last year, you know, Abbott became sort of an instant beloved show but does it does it hit any different uh this repeat nomination earning it for the second
1: time i'm just so happy that anything that i have been doing has been so well received by those who look at television and say yeah i like that <laughs> yes i resonate with that yes I, I i i like what they're doing you know that that doesn't happen often. Yeah. I mean it doesn't happen often or, or at all, my God. Especially because honestly, in doing this role, it was so, you know, subtle in what she had to say and do. And I thought nobody was gonna see my work. I really thought I'm I'm here to do some good work and collect a check. I did not see, I had no idea that people would resonate in such an outstanding way with Barbara Howard. It's, I, I, I just don't know. I just don't know.
2: It's funny because I know Quinta Brunson has said before the first season that she wanted to give you the role that would finally get you an Emmy. So I feel like she knew. <laughs>
1: Even if she, she absolutely didn't. knew. She, she looked at me and knew it. She, she literally said, we're going there. We are going there, you know? And I was like, politely, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and then when it happened, I'm telling you, she's like a little magician. You know, I there was a moment, you know, where Randall and she were standing there and they said, just do nothing. just Just do nothing, which was a challenge for me to hear them hear the direction and really lean on my abilities as an actor to still give this character life without trying to bring all the bells and whistles that we might have in comedy but to bring the real life comedy and drama of life that that catches all of us at sometimes and makes us smile i'm just so thankful. I, I I wrote her in a note and I said, you will always have a piece of my heart. Thank you.
2: And so tell me about approaching the second season, because I think after a show is sort of a breakout hit like that in the first season, there's an added level of pressure and expectation on the second season. How did you sort of handle that uh, pressure?
1: I've been given an incredible gift with this show. Our writers room, they write for us and they write very well. I've been on many shows where you read the script and you're like, "Oh, can we do this? Can we do that? Can we drop this? Can we add that? I don't have a lot of that in the work that I do with Abbott Elementary. In fact, I've now become so trusting of the work, I do not read the script before the table read. I go to the table read, And the first time I read it out loud at the table is the first time I'm reading the script. And I'm going to say nine times out of ten, the writers have and Quinta have literally hit it out of the park. And that's that's another great, great gift. As an actor, you could have so many expectations of thoughts that what might change after you win, you know, an award that is so substantive as the Emmy you know, when you come in, oh, will it be this? Will it be that? But Quinta has stuck with her thoughts, her her vision for the show, and is not playing to any of those other platitudes that might be thrown at us, but to be true to the series, to be true to Abbott Elementary. Yeah.
2: The second season um, had... Quite a few more episodes. I think it allowed for a lot of the characters to shine and, or l- learn more about their lives um, than we had seen before.
1: What excited you most about Barbara's story for that season? Barbara is a woman who wants to be seen as perfect. Mm. Barbara wants, wants to be seen as exactly what she probably is, the queen matriarch. <laughs> and she is not going to let you down, nor is she going to let herself down. You know, she is there because she knows she has a difficult task and she is up to the task. Notice how I slip right into <laughs> bar, bar, yeah, her colors. voice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, I love that we saw the cracks in this life, mm-hmm. this woman's life. The fact that here she is dealing with the possibility of her husband's cancer, the prostate cancer scare, and what that does to her. This is a woman who's been working for 30 years and has never taken a day off Mm -hmm. and has never thought to take a day off to take care of herself or handle something for her family because she's so dedicated. I loved seeing the fact that she could think about self-care as not being selfish, but as necessary for her own well-being. How we saw the fact that, you know, I liken my character Barbara Howard to the very first character I played in my career in a film, Piece of the Action, directed by Sidney Poitier, where I played a character named Barbara Hanley. And I said to myself, why is Barbara Howard such a fierce, loving, dedicated teacher? Because as a child, as Barbara Hanley, she knew what she needed and she brings that every day to Abbott Elementary, you know, and I just love that we are seeing this woman show you in small little cracks that are still hilarious. Me and that CPAP. I don't know (laughs) if I'll get over that. (laughs) I don't know if I'll get over that. Me walking around school in that burned up Shawl, because I had a a tiny bit of a breakdown, yes, just a tiny one, and everybody could see it except me, you know, and the fact that, oh, her love for her husband, her family, you know, i i I'm very happy with those things because it made people laugh, but it also made people think about themselves. And that's a gift. We don't usually get to do things like that in a series in entertainment, in TV, just, just amazing.
2: And I know that amazing viral cold open where Barbara confuses the names of white celebrities for black actors uh, was inspired by your own slip up. I'm curious how else Quinta has, and the writers have have taken bits of yourself and placed her in Barbara when they can like that.
1: (laughs) It's so interesting because, you know, I'm, I'm an honorary soror of a a sorority that there it's made up of women and their pearls. (laughs) And now there was one line, and it was she clutches her pearls. (laughs) Now it's like it's the pearls and the pearls and the pearls of it all. She even had pearls in her sweater. (laughs) When I look at her. Hair. The wig itself is now becoming its own character, so much so that the hair department got nominated for an Emmy. Mm. I was just like, oh my God, the wig is living beyond me. (laughs) You know, so many little things like that that they have taken on to. And I love it, but I, I told them that I'm going to be very careful around them because I realized they're actually listening to me. (laughs) They're like, what is she going to say next? And they laugh at me because I love the telephone. I love the telephone. And all they want to do is text. You know, (laughs) it was like, it was like this morning. Uh Anybody older than 40, they called me. Everybody younger than 40, they text me. And I was just like, I wanna hear your voice. I wanna to talk to you. Ah, oh, but it's 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 funny. Yeah, I have to be very careful because they will make fun of me. <laughs> um you gave some
2: really incredible exception speeches over the last season. I thought the critic's choice speech about loving what you see in the mirror is something that went viral and that people talked about. Um uh, how do you know what you want to say when you have those moments. Does it come to you when you hit the stage? Do you
1: think about what's on your heart before you go up there? First of all, in my mind, how does one prep for a win? Mm. You don't know if you're going to win. You're going you don't know if even after you've done great work, you're not the one. You know, you I always come to this very thankful, very grateful to be in the company of those that they thought did the best. And of course, there are so many who did their best that were not chosen. Do you understand? Yeah. So I don't go to any of this thinking, what am I going to say when I get up there? I don't do that. So when it is me, I literally have to think about, I, it's been about my journey. Mm-hmm.
0: It's
1: been about what it has taken for me to last, what it has taken for me to still be happy in an industry that sometimes can be bent upon breaking your soul and your spirit with the rejections. But I love what I do. And along the way, I want to encourage others. When I say don't give up, I mean don't give up. And if you do give up, just know it wasn't for you. And there's nothing wrong in that. Go out, find your joy, find your passion, and hold on to your next dream or your new dream. And stop putting an age on your success. People want to say, well, I didn't make it at this time. Well, hold on, because you might make it in the next 10 years. Took me 40 years to become an overnight sensation, Mm -hmm. and it's not over.
2: Wondry's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when their adoring fans learned about the infamous lip-syncing, their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan and his producers Frank Farian and Ingrid Segeith, this podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young Black artists— Binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame, *Millie Vanilli, ad-free right now on Wondery Plus. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Speaking of that, have you found that you feel there are other opportunities that are coming your way after this? this huge whirlwind of success after 40 years
1: of a a wonderful career. (laughs) It's been amazing, Mm -hmm. amazing to see how doors can open up for you, Mm -hmm. to get in the rooms to talk with people, to have them really ask you, what would you like to do and mean it? You know, when it came to things like my style on the red carpet and working with my daughter, we made a decision to elevate unknown artists, mm. designers, you know, to give people who wouldn't usually get a shot, to give them a shot to be on the red carpet. And for some of them, oh my God, it's just changed everything for them as designers. I look for the same when it comes to writers and the next projects. You know, I I look forward to this year You know, I've been producing um, a wellness benefit every year called Divas Simply Singing. It started out around HIV and AIDS, and now we've opened the umbrella to include all things that are life-threatening diseases, including poverty, hunger, all kinds of cancers, and not leaving HIV out of the whole equation. I look forward to bringing artists together who can fight one song at a time to make a difference? You know, so there are all of those things that are brewing that are happening. And you're right, Abbott takes up a great deal of my life, but it also broadens and supports the platform that I have always had to stand on. It has given me a microphone that is absolutely unmuted. I am heard in a way that people are like some people are like but she's always been saying that and other people are like yeah but i can hear her now so it's it's just a wonderful time to be able to continue to do some good work plus you get the perks of singing at the super bowl and things like that which don't which don't That hurt. was unbelievable. <laughs> That was unbelievable. I didn't know I had a bucket list until that happened. I was like, wait a minute. Am I on the 50-yard line of the Super Bowl? Are you kidding me? Wait a minute. Rock Nation, Jay-Z, are you kidding me? What's going on here? I just was like, uh amazing. And then when we put the whole look together and the fact that I sang a song that was 125 years old on the day that I sang it, and people were asking about the song like they were hearing it for the mm-hmm. first time. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely so many crazy things happening all at once. But to be able to say, lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring, come on. And for people to connect with that, it was like, oh, you can hear it now. Ah, Come on, this is... This is the stuff that dreams are made of. Absolutely what dreams are made of.
2: You know, and and granted, you came into Abbott with all this experience, but has has being on the show, getting to be Barbara for two seasons, taught you anything about acting that maybe you hadn't realized about yourself or that was a new learning experience?
1: Yeah, it was very, this was, you know, this whole mockumentary thing. Mm, Yeah. One of the things I learned was get into the gym. The camera can see all sides of you. (laughs) Oh my God. I was like sitting down in this chair. I had no idea. My butt was so big. Are you kidding me? Oh, but, (laughs) and learning to respect the, the camera operators on our show and what they do. Sometimes we are literally dancing a dance together. Mm. It's, Oh my goodness, and to be able to approach the art differently, being able, like I said earlier, to put down the bells and whistles and just concentrate on my art to simply be Barbara Howard. Oh my God, this is it's it's a gift. It's a gift. And I'm, I am I always want to tell actors, never stop listening, one, to yourself as an artist, but always be open to a director because there's nothing like a good director, someone that can help you see something in yourself, in the character that you might not have seen yourself. It is very easy to get into a place where you, where you think, I don't need to hear that. I know what I'm doing. Oh, I've been doing this for 40 years. No, you don't need to tell me that. Sometimes you need to just be mute and listen, unmute and do it. I've, I've learned that.
2: And I, I know that um, the ongoing WGA strike has has put a stop to production. But where were you uh, in the process for season three before that? Had you seen scripts at all? Or had you talked nothing. about where Barbara
1: goes? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely nothing. I we've I have not had any meetings. It has been nothing. We it was actually two days ago. We were supposed to be doing table reads, mm-hmm. but that's not. Obviously, that hasn't happened. Right. Doesn't look like it's going to happen for another six weeks, and um, we shall we shall see. But um, I'm, strikes are very difficult. Nobody wants to be in strike mode, but sometimes you have got to do what needs to be done. And I know, as difficult as it is, people have to remember. If real workers did not come together and organize, none of us would have a weekend because there was a time where workers worked seven days a week and it was unheard of for them to get time off. So I just want everybody to understand that, you know, this isn't about making more millions of dollars because quite as it's kept, 80% 80% of our, at least 80% of our union are plain old, ordinary, hard-working people who haven't gotten a cost of living raise in 40 years, who are depending upon the kindness of big corporations, many of whom sometimes don't really know what it is to be an artist. And God bless them. You need people who can crunch numbers well but when it starts to crunch people that's that's not good that is not good and there's something that must be changed about how business is done in show business in hollywood because the artists the performers the writers are getting squeezed and it's it's not right it's not right
2: i um, for those who may not know you're on the sag contract negotiation committee i'm so curious with the last 48 hours has been like for you as we, uh, near this possible strike.
1: You know what? I can, I can't tell you anything about the room, Mm -hmm. but I can tell you it has been very stressful, but I, I am so proud and happy of the people who volunteer enough to do the work in the room. Nobody's getting paid in that room. And there's some people who have been in this industry for a long time who have learned and worked and done these contracts. They know what they're talking about. And it's for me, it's sort of like um, when you watch Jeopardy or any of those other game shows, you sit there on the couch at home and you say, I can do that. This is the answer. Come on. How did you not think about that? This is the answer. When you get in the room, oh, it's like, oh, wait a minute. This this is not exactly what I thought at all. There there's a very different way of doing this kind of business right here. And you you have got to be on your game. Yeah. You must be. Yeah. And it's not a, not a place to play checkers. Not at all.
2: And as as you're, you know, focusing in on these issues, what is the most pressing issue to you in these negotiations?
1: I want. I, I think one of the things is you often find that as artists, you're either trying to catch up to or regain what you lost in technology. Mm. And technology, this is not our parents' time when the industrial revolution was coming and things were grinding along at a pace of change. No, it is happening like this. And I don't care what anybody says, A.I., is a gift and a threat. And if anybody thinks that AI is a better performer than a human being, and that everybody's body should just be captured so you can bring it back whenever. I'm like, no, (laughs) no. And people deserve proper pay. What is wrong with proper pay? You know, I, I'm i like, if everybody's making money on our work, there should never be a time where the artist is not making money for their own work. To me, share, we learned that in kindergarten and Miss Barbara Howard is one of the best kindergarten teachers out there, and if there's one thing she does, she tells her students, share and share alike. It's important. Know that fizzy feeling you get when you read something really good, watch the movie
0: everyone's been talking about, or catch the show the internet can't get over? At the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast, we chase that feeling five times a week. We talk about the buzziest movies, TV,
1: music, books, and more. From lowbrow to highbrow to in between, catch the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast from NPR.
2: Well, I did want to wrap this up going back to Barbara and and what you You would love to see in the next season when we get to the point where that can actually uh, be something everyone is working on again. What would you love to see?
1: She's such a woman of family. Yeah. I would really like to see that about her. You know, it was interesting. This morning I was, I was so emotional and it's like I had to center myself. I went into the kitchen and I started cooking. Mm. I went into the kitchen, I started pulling things out of the refrigerator, and I made the best fish stew of my life, and I ate it. I'd like to see more of those little things about Barbara Howard. Mm. You know, her. her we, we love her because we see her personality, we see her, her love, we see it, but now I want to see how she lives in it how she shares in it. I'd love to see Barbara Howard's mother cuz you know that woman is something else. Mm,
0: that's a good one. You know,
1: I I would love to see that, you know, the husband. There but in my mind we're going to have so many years of Abbott Elementary because it has been years that we have not had a show that can bring together generations, multi multiple generations of people. To make an appointment to sit down together to watch and enjoy television, the way they're doing it around the world, for Abbott Elementary, and I'm, I I want more of that. And you know, as we see it, we all shine together. I work with an incredible group of people, and we all shine together. Well, Cheryl, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. In praise of all those bald-headed men, but why are they all castrated? <laughs> all those little golden men—they're all bald and they're all castrated. I'm like, oh my god! The only one that shines beautifully is the Emmy and the Essence—two <laughs> fancy, fabulous women.
2: Uh, uh, uh. I like that. I haven't—we haven't done a real. Uh you know, review of the different statues.
1: Oh my God, you can look right behind me. I can look at your shelf, that's true. Oh, it's crazy. (laughs) And they're all bald, castrated, (laughs) winged men. I'm like, is that how men really see themselves? (laughs) And they're all golden, except for uh, what you call the award? The other one, it's an albatross. It's an albatross uh-huh. trying to lift up a shoe Oh, I don't know. And, and I'm like, the Independent Spirit oh, Award. Oh, yes, that's right. It's an albatross. And I'm like, wow. And it's a dingy little albatross. <laughs> I'm just like, that poor thing. I said, is that the independent film image? <laughs> I, they, they're, they're, they're very interesting awards, though. <laughs> so. But anyway, well,
0: thank, thank
1: you. you very much. And read my book. It's Diva 2.0. Diva 2.0 available now, and you can download the audio.
0: That does it for today's episode. We'll be back on Thursday. In the meantime, find us at vanityfair.com on Twitter and Instagram at VF Awards Insider. And on our own, I'm on Twitter at Katie Rich and Rebecca,
2: Rebecca M. Ford. Our editor and producer, as always, is Brett Fuchs.